On today's episode of Our Self-Love Stories, we have Ty, who is a former music publisher, host, speaker, media producer, and... Man, my head just blanked. <laughs> and entrepreneur. Girl, entrepreneur. You producer, got everything. A lot of stuff. I know. That's why I was like, you got a lot on your <laughs> plate right now. Um, so tell us more about you. Like, what is an average day for Ty like? <laughs> what, is av- what does an average day mean for me in building and working in entertainment and being a female and having done the things that I've done across the different um, spectrums that I've done it? I apologize because I have a brand new puppy and he never barks. So I don't know why he's doing this now, but hi. Okay. So for me, it's just hustle. It's wake up and figure out what the day needs, what's required of me in order to accomplish my goals or get closer to my um, expected end. You know what I mean? Like I have so many things that I want to do that I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And I've realized quite early that there is no rubric for entertainment, for, creativity for being a creative for being an artist whatever capacity you're in Mm -hmm. so it's literally waking up figuring out what the day needs and making it happen Mm -hmm. what made you decide that you wanted to get into entertainment specifically (laughs) I got a choice I do nothing okay so well you'll remember this because we go back yeah I've always created stuff my interests have always been in the arts whether it was dancing it was you know, singing, writing, haystack steppers, high school. Shout out to them because they're still going. They're they still going. That. You, yes. did, you did that. You and Mika, Mika, man, you guys are amazing. I appreciate you for that. We saw a need. You know, the cheerleaders yeah. weren't as dope. And we're <laughs> we gonna be honest. We're gonna be honest. The cheerleaders were not as amazing at our um, high school. And we wanted to go to games and feel represented and included. We wanted what we listened to, what we represented, our culture to be present. So we petitioned with the school board. They gave us half of every halftime for every football and basketball game. And we did it. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the beginning of me realizing that if I want something and I work for it, I can make it happen. Like that was the introduction of that. I think I was 16, 17, 17 when we did that. That was like our junior year of high school. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And that put a battery in my back. It let me know that, you know, if you want something, it's not impossible unless you quit. Yeah. So that began the hustle. That's how we got to what's happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So um, entertainment, the arts has always been something you gravitated towards. Um, Was that something you noticed even when you were much younger than that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So a fun story. My cousin called me recently Mm -hmm. and my grandmother used to have this wall of records. She kept all of her children's records. Right. So Mm -hmm. I'm talking everything from like the Rolling Stones to Prince to Shaka Khan, Mamas and the Papas, Earth, Wind and Fire, Jackson 5, you name it. And when I was little, for whatever reason, instead of playing at my grandmother's house, I would sit there and just listen to the records and read the book. Mm-hmm. and figure out who did what who played on what oh this oh wait prince wrote this song for Shaka Khan. that's cool <laughs> i was like tiny yeah. and um my cousin called me recently and she recalled that and she was like you've always been this way so i don't i don't think i chose entertainment i don't think i chose this path i think it actually chose me and i'm most fulfilled when i think we're all most fulfilled when we do the things that are innately us so i've just been happy walking this path and seeing where it takes me Oh, it's so beautiful. And just like looking at your stories, looking at your posts, you know how much you love, love music. I saw that I you do. even met Shaka Khan. Oh my gosh, oh. I was so jealous to see those photos. 
like no. full story moment yeah. girl yes uh the one of the publishing houses that I worked at before I got the opportunity to be her A&R so she was a writer I was um head of urban for um spirit and I got a chance to work with her directly and have conversations with her and build with her we put out a songbook on her um and she's amazing the most beautiful part about that for me was just finding out that your heroes are actually human and cool. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Right. right. I yes. think when she first got on Twitter, um, I, I may have like tweeted her or retweeted her or shared a song or something and tagged her. And then she followed me back. And I just like, that's, that's the closest I might get to Shaka Khan. And I'm just like, ah, and now I have a, a, no, you'll a get direction. Closer. Don't say that. I, there we go. I will get closer. I will get closer to yes. Miss Shaka Khan. So entertainment has always been in your blood, in your genes, yes. in, in you in your spirit how did you first get like the foot in was it something that you said no I have to or was it kind of by chance it was preparation meets opportunity there you go yeah I have always cared about this stuff I've always done it even in the Bay Area as a teenager I would write hooks and sing them for local rappers (laughs) I did not know that hold up no really yep wait yep (laughs) nobody knows because I'm not we're not we're not posting. We're not talking about that. Okay. Nope. But it happened. Okay. So um, after high school, I made a decision that I was going to Atlanta at the time. Even now, Atlanta was popping for music, but I didn't stay there because once I got there, I was like, okay, this isn't the right hustle for me. So I transferred to LA. Like there was always a consciousness of I need to be where I need to be to make this happen. Mm-hmm. So I moved to LA. When I got to LA, I was in school and I knew that for me, college was a catalyst to get my foot in the door. Yeah. A lot of creative jobs, you don't necessarily need a degree for. It helps and it works. But yeah. for me, I understood that it, I just needed to be in a certain city. And my parents weren't going to move to L.A. to make my dreams come true. I didn't have those kind of managerial parents. <laughs> so momager. So I had to make it happen. <laughs> yeah. Girl, I wish Santa was momager. But I moved to L.A. and in college, um, made some relationships. I was very vocal about wanting to be a music executive. I was very vocal about what I wanted. And someone said, Hey, I have a couple friends that are looking for interns. I called. <laughs> I'm laughing. Oh God. I pestered the heck out of those phone numbers. Oh, I called sometimes two, three times a day. I'm so serious. And I just stayed on it. I stayed on it. I stayed on it. And I said, whichever company gives me the opportunity to intern first, that's where I'm going. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that um, Malik Levy at BMI, his assistant was on her last leg. And Mm -hmm. so an intern seemed attractive to him. And he said, come fill out the paperwork. Girl, I went and got that paperwork and went straight to my dean had him sign off on it, went straight back to the office. It took me maybe three, three and a half hours because of traffic mm-hmm. to get the paperwork and all that done. Take it back to me. He was like, already? How'd you get, yeah, he was like, that's quick. I, and I was like, cause I'm serious and I need you to know I'm serious. Uh, I got the internship and three, four months after I got the internship, they hired me. That is beautiful. The intention, the drive that I have to make this happen for myself. Was that always something that you had? Or no, no. Okay. (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) What do you think attributed to that? Maybe was that like the first time you noticed it? So you being so passionate about it. That's a really good question. I needed to make it happen. Mm -hmm. I didn't see my life being anything else. I didn't want to do anything else. I never wanted to be a nurse. I never wanted to um, 
And this isn't a, a diss to anything yeah. at all. My God, those are beautiful positions. Clap for our first responders mm-hmm. and all that. But yes. those things never drove me. That was that was ever my passion. Mm-hmm. So once I got into college, I kind of realized, oh, I have to make this happen. Mm-hmm. That was a decision to leave Atlanta because it was like, okay, hold on. So it's not just be good enough. Mm-hmm. It's not just apply for the position. It's not just, you know, want it. You have to make the relationships. You have to get in people's faces. Like I said, I called the office <laughs> over <laughs> and I was not ashamed. There was no shame, Margot. Do you yes. understand me? Yes. I, I was like, look, if it doesn't happen, it won't be my fault. That's what got me to the place of like, okay. So when I was, my introduction to singing for rappers and writing hooks was my sister. She had a relationship. She said, y'all know my sister can sing, let her do it. Mm -hmm. So there Uh, was stuff, the breadcrumbs before that were people giving me opportunities. mm -hmm. Once I got to college and I was on my own, it was like, if I don't do this, it won't happen. And that's what created the beast mode. Ooh, yes. I love it. And Hey, closed mouths don't get fed at all, at all, at all. At all. And the worst thing about having a closed mouth, it's not even that you don't get fed, but you don't get an opportunity to put out. I really believe that you experience what you speak. Yeah. So if your mouth is closed and you're not talking, it's really hard for those opportunities to show up for you because you're not speaking them so they can be attracted to you. Mm, It's a, it's cyclical, you know? So it's like, you have to speak the thing, it goes out and then it comes back to you. Mm -hmm. And people I think I'm more so now becoming conscious of that um, because of the household I was raised in. I was always raised that you, you know, you, you speak a thing and you see a thing. I was always raised on that. So once I got to be an adult, I realized I got to talk about it. I got to call these people. Yes. And and you did. And you did. So I will meet Shaka Khan. Um, I'm just going to say, I will meet Shaka Khan. I got to keep reminding myself, you know, law of attraction. Yes. Have a full conversation and sit down with her. Yes, you will. I will. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So what were the struggles? I mean, was it very difficult? I know that you were a go-getter as far as when you realize this is what I want, I'm going to do, I'm going to make the calls. I'm going to go three hours, whatever it takes. You know, I'm going to make sure that they know that I want to be here. How did you feel during the struggling moments? What were the biggest struggles you had? <laughs> I mean, cause you say like no shame. So was it like, I'm Girl, calling, I'm calling. yeah. Or was it like, I don't know. Oh my gosh. I question myself a little. Oh gosh. You question yourself every day. No one avoids that. Um, when you talk about the struggles, the reason I laughed is because my brain literally, I had flashes of like 10 different scenarios. It's like, which one do you tell her? Yeah. Um, if we're still talking about the early days, mm-hmm. eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Okay, let's talk about that one. Um, <laughs> if we're talking about the early days, one of the biggest struggles for me was not getting paid properly. Mm. Oof. Mm. Can, I, can, I, can I say that? I think Absolutely. I That's your value, um, yeah. Well, yeah, because my boss was amazing. Mm-hmm. He bought me lunch every day. Couldn't mm-hmm. afford it. Yeah. The area where our office was, was Sunset Plaza, mm-hmm. which is like Le Petit Four and, and, and all these ritzy restaurants where mm-hmm. like lunch is like $20 a day. Yeah. $30, $40, depending on what you order, right? You get the white fish with the, with the sauteed, it's $40. So who has that money as an no. assistant fresh yeah. from college, still living in the dorms? Yeah. Nobody. So, um, money was an issue. Um, and I want to, if there's people, if there are people listening that are in it for money, God bless you, but change your drive. Yeah. Yeah. 
change your drive because if it's all about money, even the people that you see that are artists, that are flossing, I tell people all the time, you know, a stylist pulled those clothes. They don't necessarily own mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. Bottegas, right? Yeah, you know exactly. You know, that, that <laughs> that's from the boutique. That's from the designer. It's not in her actual closet. I mean, yeah. I've been in Giuseppe's showroom. Oh, it's gorgeous, oh, by wow. the way. I got like yeah. huh. <laughs> Because my friend used to style for um, a bunch of different people. And I remember going on a run with her and just seeing like, and you have different stylists and they're pulling stuff for photo shoots for yeah. moments. And then you're at home disqualifying yourself thinking, oh, well, I must not matter because I can't afford, you know, the Manolos or the Giuseppe's or the yeah. whatever. And it's like, they didn't buy that. so for me one of the biggest struggles was understanding that if you have a passion to do something then let your passion be your drive if it's money if it's finances you will ultimately be disappointed but eventually if you stay in purpose the way I believe all things work together for your good especially like the way God works he'll provide for you and like I said I got the job and I was making a certain amount of money but I couldn't afford sustenance while on the job so my boss's heart was softened to buy me lunch every day Mm -hmm. and he would be so content what we eating today what what you want like and asking me and giving me preference so I had favor in the space which also let me know that that's where I was supposed to be it was difficult but it wasn't impossible there were challenges but I could meet the challenges they would pull something out of me to show me oh you are smart enough to do this or quick enough to do this so the opposition wasn't necessarily um impossible to get by, but it was definitely present in a few different ways. Mm -hmm. So those challenges, those moments where you felt like I'm not smart enough, I'm not capable enough to do that. What were those types of things? Because I mean, like I look at you and we've known each other for so long and I'm like, damn, Ty is just so well-rounded. She's so eloquent. Honestly, uh, for our listeners, she hosts on Clubhouse and it's been a long time that I've been on it. But when I listen to you, whether it's on Clubhouse, whether it was on your Let's Be Clear podcast, you're just so quick-witted. It just shows how great of a mind you have and how intelligent you are. So thank you. It makes me wonder too, like, well, what can't she do? (laughs) What does she struggle with? What are her challenges? Everything, the stuff you see. I I think so part of the battle that I've experienced is just believing you can. Mm. Life sucks at times. It will knock you down. You'll Mm. meet people that won't speak life into you, people that won't edify you, that won't, you know, say you can. And you have to find this inner personal conviction to say, I can do something. Or if I fail, I'm one of those people that's like, look, if I failed, at least I tried. Mm -hmm. At least I tried. Mm -hmm. If I failed, then it just wasn't meant to be. But I can't personally bear the weight of not trying to do something or going after something out of fear that I won't succeed Mm. because then it's my fault. Like I don't want to be 70 years old with regret. So when we talk about things that I'm not great at a lot, um, I was never a public speaker. What? What? Dead serious. Sis, listen. So my father's, (laughs) my father's a pastor. I've Mm. seen orders my whole life. I've seen preachers and ministers and people just speaking in church. My sister would be the one that would get up behind the podium and say things. If it was like a service to like honor my parents, I was never, I never took the mic, Margot. I was not that girl. And then I don't, oh, that's what did it. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, when I got to Clark my freshman year, I 
was trying to figure out what my niche would be, like where I fit, what made sense. I was on the dance squad um, for the band. You know, the girls are the bell, 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 yes. <laughs> Look at the sweats. Um, <laughs> I got, I made it to that team, excuse me. And I um, got a radio show mm. and I had to decide which one I was going to do. And the radio show scared me, but there was something about being in a room alone with a microphone that gave me the confidence. Like nobody's looking at me. I can just talk like I'm on the phone. Mm -hmm. That started it. And then my confidence kind of grew in that booth. And then I would go out and people would be like, oh, you were dope. And oh, we listened to your show. And are you every week? And I was like, yeah, I'm actually good at this. And then that grew it. Um, I think that was the first time I kind of, that's where I found my voice. Mm -hmm. And that led to hosting and public, more public speaking. <laughs> that, <laughs> that and working in music, the particular job that I had, we used to do showcases, we did panels, we did all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And my boss, again, he gets so much credit because he just threw me to the wolves all the time. Never had time to prepare. Um, so <laughs> there would be things like, hey, go in the pre-show for our awards. And I'm talking like Lloyd at the time, Lloyd and uh, Diddy and Rev Run and his daughters, like they're in the audience and I'm up on stage with a mic. We love our publishers and thank you guys so much for coming out and still intern and just panicking. And so I think that that also too, getting thrown to the wolves and just being forced to do it. Sink or swim. Yeah, exactly. The best kind of learning is through immersion, just like get out there, get out there, do it. If you mess up, Hey, there's going to, there likely is going to be another opportunity or maybe not, but fortunately it sounds as if you got way more opportunities. To continue. Or not. But you know, even with that though, it's like, I didn't, <clears throat> I've had to make those opportunities. Yeah. Um, the radio show that I had with dash radio, I had a friend who was a part of the network Mm-hmm. and T-Boz was adopting her son at the time wow. and she had a radio show on there and she couldn't do it so a friend called me and said hey you want to fill in for T-Boz on her show uh excuse me of course I want to fill in for T-Boz for who <laughs> for you mean T-Boz yeah. like what are we talking about? Like, really yeah. Girl, yes. yes I will yes 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 I will yes I will mm-hmm. and then that led to them liking me and then I got the show so it's really just, I read this book a long time ago. It's Shonda Rhimes' um, Year of Yes. Mm. And in that book, she talks about just saying yes to stuff. She said yes to just about everything. Yeah. And I don't believe I read that book before this moment, but it serves this topic because sometimes we just say no out of fear. Like it's filling, filling in for T-Balls on her show. That those are big shoes. Who don't care about me? <laughs> what? So... I just said yes. And then I went nervous, go scared sometimes, you know, and I did. And so the opportunities that have come, they haven't all been like here. There's been intentionality on my part to do my part to be successful when the opportunity presents itself. Like, okay, for instance, it's not that I wasn't afraid or nervous with the, let's say the T-Boss one. It's not that I wasn't afraid or nervous. It was that I knew, again, if I didn't show up, that's on me. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, the yes could be yes. And the yes could be yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. But, it, but that's still a yes. 
Yes. Shoot, yes. Sure. Shoot, yes. That's still a yes. Yeah. And so it's like, even if you're scared, say yes, not to everything, but to the good stuff. And it's not shortchanging yourself and assuming that you won't be good enough or assuming that you won't meet the mark. If you don't, like you said, maybe you'll get another opportunity. Maybe you won't. But what if you, what if you're great? Yeah. Absolutely. Like, what if you're great? Mm-hmm. And then it's not just robbing yourself of the experience or the knowledge that you're great. It's robbing whoever needs you to be great. Like somebody needs to see that they can do something through you. Somebody needs to be inspired by your yes. Mm -hmm. And so when you say no to something, you're not just saying no to you. You don't know who you're supposed to touch or inspire. You don't know all the lives that are attached to you. You don't know who's going to watch you and believe that because you did, they can. Mm -hmm. So Mm. saying yes is actually your responsibility if you're still breathing to me. I love it. Okay. So, you know, you said you found your voice and you got to a point at Clark where you said, okay, either I join the dance team or I get on radio. These are two opportunities. I can't do both. And you figured, okay, this might help me find my voice. Was your voice something that you were struggling with? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm the baby of my family. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The babies tend to not really have a voice, Mm -hmm. tend to get, um, you go along with the flow. Um, I was the nerd that sat at my grandmother's house and read album jackets and listened to music. Like it's a lot of nerdiness and music. People don't say that. Like you think all the music people are cool. They're really nerds. Um, (laughs) Trust me. I could um, not tell anybody's business. Um, So I say that to say I had to, my adulthood, a lot of it, even now is believing in yourself. I don't think that's a journey that ever ends Mm -hmm. because I think that once you get to a certain confidence level life will throw you a curveball so you can access the next level in your confidence Mm -hmm. so for me when we're talking about the radio show just innately I knew that and you remember like we talked about earlier dance is something that I'd always done yeah taking dance classes um performing since I was a kid for like step groups dance groups all that kind of stuff that's something I've always done that's where I was comfortable Mm -hmm. The radio was a challenge. Ooh, yes. And growth comes with that discomfort. Unfortunately. (laughs) So so literally it was like, which one? And it was like, I've always done this and I know this and it's great. But, and I love, you know, I love, you know, Lorianne Gibson, uh, Fatima. These are women that I've loved all my life because they're amazing. They're fire. Google them if you don't know. Yes. But I knew that that wasn't my path. That wasn't my passion. I was good at it. I was, I enjoyed it, but. I didn't want to be them. Mm-hmm. My desire, I, I used to watch, uh, is this dating myself? Probably, I don't care. TRL and 106 in part. And I wanted to be free and I wanted to be Lala. And yeah. I, like, I was like, oh, they're dope. Like, that's what I was into. I wanted to be Oprah so bad. Oh God. Every time she had like a music artist on her show. So for me, it just became, well, what do you actually want to do? Like who do you, which one looks the most like who you see when you sleep at night? Which one of these makes the most sense? And it's even now still making decisions that match that ultimate goal. Like, does this put me on a path or does this continue me on the path for where I think I'm supposed to be? Like that vision that I have when I see myself leaving my kids in the future for work, Mm -hmm. what would make sense to leave them for? You know, what would I be? What's worth it to me? Um, What makes sense to me to have? Okay, so if I can't spend time with my parents in the Bay Area, Mm -hmm. why am I in L.A.? Like for what? Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Why am I choosing to not spend a Mother's Day at home? Like, what is it for? Mm-hmm. And I think having that consciousness and that presence of mind will push you to choose the uncomfortable stuff because you ultimately you ultimately see that it'll feed you in a way that might not be comfortable now, but it'll feed the vision and feeding the vision will ultimately make you happy. The happiest you'll ever be. Yes, that's beautiful. And I, you know, growth comes with sacrifice too. There are certain things that you just have to prioritize. It doesn't mean that you don't care about it much. You know, the other things that you have to sacrifice, it's just, this is hopefully, um, I don't want to say temporary, but you know, the, the sacrifice is temporary, you know, eventually it'll get to a bigger space where you can spend more time with family or more time doing things that you really do enjoy. And, um, it it just goes to show how beautiful heart you have too, that that is like a concern of yours. Like family, family is a huge priority for yours. I could tell. It's huge. I had the I've been working a lot, but this year I got to like bring my mom to LA and like just spoil the crap out of her. And it was literally a dream come true. Like the things don't get emotional. Where did that come from? It's because there's so much fight with entertainment, especially as a woman, especially as a black woman, like there's so much fight that you're doing and you have to constantly remind yourself. And I think that's in any field, any person, you have to remind yourself, well, what am I doing this for? And is it feeding me? Like, because if it's not feeding you, it doesn't make sense to do. I understand that we have to pay bills and everybody has to live, but we should all be conscious of, even if it's something that you're doing in the meantime, don't get too comfortable in the thing that's getting you by. Like, don't just get comfortable surviving. Remember that you're surviving in order to thrive. So use this to get to there. Like, don't mm-hmm. get stuck. So for me, you know, um, I've had, I've slept in my car before, Yeah. honestly. Um, I've had roommates disappear. I've had heartbreak. One of my best friends in life passed away recently. Oh my goodness. Um, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, in entertainment, she used to style Kendrick. She styled for Rihanna. She's the one that well, I was at the Giuseppe thing um, mm. showing with. And she got caught up in opportunities that come when you're successful in entertainment. That's the best way to say it. Got it. And never really recovered. Yeah. So seeing that kind of stuff, being close to that kind of stuff, going through that kind of stuff, you have to remind yourself, what am I doing this for again? Because I could just go home and be with my family. And you have to remind yourself, But ultimately sticking through stuff and being able to like bring my mom out here and spoil her and sit with her. And then the way that affected her, like the text that she sent me back is something that I screenshotted. I'm like, I'm going to print out somewhere. Mm -hmm. It was this beautiful. She was like, you spoiled mommy. I love you so much. And she was like, it's not about the things. It's about your heart to do that for me. And that's, that's everything. That's the point. Like I said, when I think about my future self, would I be okay with leaving my babies or not being with my husband for the sake of painting lawn chairs? No. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody else that feeds their spirit entirely. They're Mm -hmm. filled with it. It makes sense for them. So it's justifiable for them. For me, it's not. So then there are certain hardships and certain things that I am willing to live through for the ultimate goal. It's not quitting. It's not running. It's enduring so I can become who I'm supposed to be. What's your ultimate goal? <laughs> um, so when I was 14, I made up this phrase called married mommy mogul. Okay. What, what vision you had at 14 years old? All right. She gonna be, <laughs> she's going to be so mad at me. Um, Mika. Okay. Okay. Mika and I used to play this game called stories. Stories is a game where 
we would participate in our lives, but we were in control of our own stories. So for instance, I would make up her story and she would make up mine, but we would use our decisions to navigate the next chapter or the next step. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I was in love with Jay Book from B2K. What's up, Boogie? Um, in love. And he, so he my was my husband, crush too, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, you don't know now, but you go find <laughs> out. Okay. Um, so an example of that is she would ask me questions or she would be like, okay, so we go to LA and we, she made up this whole story and then we meet Jay Boog and this da, 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 and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so playing that game taught me kind of how to be an architect for what I wanted to see my vision. Right. Yeah. So that put me in, like, we would talk about, it, I'd be like, no, me and Jay Boog would live in this kind of house and we would have this kind of car and I would do this. No, I wouldn't want to do that. That doesn't feel good to me. I don't want to be a music manager. That's not what I want to do. Okay. Wait, no, no, I would do this. And so it kind of gave me this roadmap in a weird way at like 16 Mm -hmm. for what I wanted my life to look like. And what I want my life to look like, I'm in the process, like I just shot a pilot that I wrote Um, and I'm really proud of it. This is not the time, Boogie. Um, and speaking of Jay Boogie, my yeah, dog I was just going to say, did you name your dog Boogie? Oh, I love it. <laughs> kind of, kind of. There's a story behind it. We won't talk about it. Come here, Poopy. So, um, no, but it, it caused me to be like more of an architect for what I wanted. And so the, the pilot lends towards the ultimate goal. All the hosting I've done lends towards the ultimate goal. I'm, you know, I'm in the process of building towards what I want to see. Married mommy mogul is what I want. The mogul term, I don't have to be Diddy. That's not the fame part of it, that's not what I'm after. Yeah. The mogul part is basically I have, and sorry for being long-winded, there's a woman, Erica Campbell, who has become a mentor in my life. She mm-hmm. is one half of Mary Mary, the gospel group. Yes, yeah. And I see her, I think that when you're ready, you know that term, when you're ready, the teacher will appear? Yeah. When the student is ready, the teacher will appear? Yeah. The time frame when she came into my life allowed for me to see a woman that's married. Mm-hmm with children and like nine different businesses popping at the same time. Her husband and herself work together to build the vision and make it happen. And so I've been blessed to be able to have her as a mentor. And that confirms for me that what I want is possible, which goes back to what I said before, you don't know who needs to see you. Mm -hmm. And so being able to see her and be close to that has allowed for me to understand this is actually possible. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel this is like happening I just need to make it happen for me mm-hmm. so the ultimate vision is to just build and continue to get all the stuff that's in my head out to do and mm-hmm. be a catalyst for somebody else who can believe they can do it too Whew. and there's a lot in that head there's a lot in that head to get out <laughs> it's so much it's so much no, that, that's part of the problem if we're okay now that part there's mm-hmm. so much yeah. Margo and I like there's songs up here. There's, there's so much stuff up here and it's organizing and finding out. That's why I said earlier, you said, you know, what's a normal day. It's figuring out what the day needs or yeah. what's, you know, possible. I have a friend who just called me yesterday. He's like, can you come sing backgrounds on this song? Sure. Um, Love um, it. Sh- shopping the pilot, building the next, um, broadcast the next podcast. Mm-hmm. There's a lot happening and I'm not going to shortchange myself. I'm not going to look at that as, an inconvenience that I want to do a lot of things. There's a Bible verse or a passage of the Bible that talks about talents, right? Mm-hmm. And it says that God gave one guy five talents, another guy two, and another guy one. Mm-hmm. And the guy with five multiplied them and made 10. He doubled it. The guy with two doubled it. He made four talents. The guy with one talent buried his and 
God was ultimately like, I gave you something. You did nothing with it. Oh, I thought you wanted me. No, he never wants you to hide what he gave you. He wants you to use it. So look at all the stuff that's in your head to do. Just organize it, structure it, but do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting everything out of my head. Don't bury your talents. Oh, that is beautiful. It must get tiring though at times. I mean, I mean, if (laughs) your face is like a duh. Yeah. Yeah. Like to, to have so many thoughts in your head and have to organize them is one thing. And then, you know, at the drop of a dime, I mean, I mean, I'm sure you're able to, again, prioritize if there are certain things that you feel aren't necessary for you to do today, you're able to figure it out. But, um, has that been a struggle just, um, finding out Mm. what to prioritize? Yes, because everything feels important and you don't know what's going to be the jump off necessarily. So you feel like you're cheating one thing if you're not putting your energy here Mm -hmm. or you're putting too much energy over here. You're not giving this an opportunity to to do something for you. So it's a constant battle. Um, The people that I've been around and the people like, for instance, Erica, like I said, I'll keep using her as an example. Mm -hmm. She feels like she's cheating certain things all the time. Like, am Mm -hmm. I okay? I have to tour and I'm singing all these places, but my kids need me or you know, it's date night, but I'm actually thinking about the fact that I need to go to sleep so I can get up and do my radio show in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I think the balance is just the personal understanding that you're doing your best Mm -hmm. and giving yourself grace. Mm -hmm. Nobody teaches you that, but you have to give yourself grace. Like you have to give yourself permission to miss something or to fail or to, okay, you know what? Slap on the hand. I didn't pay enough attention to that. My bad but I'll correct the behavior now. Cause I realize it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like I had yeah, to get yeah. to that point of forgiving myself. Mm-hmm. Like Ty, calm down, baby. You can't, you're one person. You get to sleep, you get to eat, you get to socialize with your friends. You get mm-hmm. to enjoy life. Everything can't always be work. And mm-hmm. then if you drop the ball somewhere, it's okay. Self-compassion. Yeah. Like we ha- I think that that's a huge part of self-love that nobody really talks about is just giving yourself some grace. Like, it's okay. It's okay. Okay. You failed or you got a car repoed or you filed bankrupt. Okay. Are you still breathing? Then Mm -hmm. just go forward. Yeah. Forgive yourself, move forward. It'll all work out, move forward. And I've learned to do that because I have failed a lot. So. (laughs) Yeah. So how would you, how would you define self-love? That giving yourself grace. Mm -hmm. Um, I have seen people beat themselves up because they don't feel like they were born into the right families Mm -hmm. or my mom said this or my dad did that or, oh man, I should have been in dance class since I was five or why wasn't I in vocal training at 15 or, you know, why did I drop out of school or all that kind of stuff. You can't go back and change stuff. Mm -hmm. They still haven't invented the time machine yet. If they do, you know, maybe you can. I don't know how much it'll be. Elon Musk will create it. It'll probably be for billionaires first, but you can't go back and change anything. So if you're constantly in this place of beating yourself up about what you didn't do or what you're not doing right, you're actually killing your spark. You're putting your own fire out because if you don't show up to spaces free and light, it's really hard to move something heavy, right? I have this um, pool table. It's marble and it's iron on the bottom Mm -hmm. and it's beautiful but it's so hard to move. I can't move it physically by myself. Like I can't, it mm-hmm. would take, it's probably going to take three or four of us. I need to get rid of it. But I say that to say it's heavy because of what it's made of. 
Mm. All the components of it are weighing it down. And so if it like, if I needed to like hurry up and move this, I can't, I have to plan it, I have to structure it, I need help. And I think that we do that when we allow for all the burdens, all the mistakes, all the issues, all the failed relationships, all the failed opportunities, the opportunities you didn't take, the opportunities you did take, the guy that you slept with and you wished you didn't, the girl who (laughs) broke your heart because you were too nice to her, whatever. Yeah. Like we put all that on ourselves and it makes it really hard for you to move. So when there's an opportunity and you need to move quick or step quick or just walk into it or give a quick yes, you can't because you're heavy. So giving yourself grace gives you permission to move. You end up stuck because you're heavy. If you take all that stuff off of you, you're light enough to move forward. And we're all supposed to be light enough to keep moving. You have to drop stuff off along the way. So for me, self-love is giving yourself grace and saying, I forgive me all the time, every day. Have you done a TED talk? Like, have I not seen a TED talk from you? Like, is this going to happen soon? Because yes, look, look, yes, speaking into existence. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, if I haven't, if you haven't yet, which I'm completely shocked you haven't, it's it's going to come. It's definitely going to come. You took your marble iron table <laughs> and brought it into self love, and, and it's literally look, it's this table it's right there. This is the table right here. Right here. Okay. That is beautiful. Was it an epiphany when it came to, I need to show up for myself. I need to show myself more grace. I need to forgive myself. Was your journey towards self-love something that you said, oh, this is really something I need to do? Or has it always been in you? No, um, no. Uh, sleeping in your car will humble you. So the way that situation even came to be, yeah. I... Um, and tell it quick and not tell other people's business. I spent a lot of time taking care of people mm-hmm. in relationships that weren't reciprocities. Yeah. So when I looked up and I needed help, when I looked up and I needed a friend, when I looked up and I needed something, so, you're in a car, girl, yeah. hot. And so uh, <laughs> I realized, no, 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 we can, we can definitely laugh about it. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a beautiful moment for me because I see how on my path it was necessary. Yeah. The way I used to think before, the way I didn't know how to give myself grace. You don't have a choice when you are alone and figuring out, I need to shower. Okay, gym membership. Real talk. Yeah. So for me, it ends up being this case of like, when we're talking about what we're talking about, either you get the lesson or life gives you the lesson, but we're all going to learn it mm-hmm. at some point in some way. And for me, I, there was so much noise around me. There was so much work that I was doing, hustle that was happening, this person, this person, this event, that party, this deal, this situation, this, there was so much happening that I would never get quiet and still enough to just listen, to talk to God, to unload, to pray, to anything. I was just going. And then I had this really hard stop and it went, hmm. Oh, you're going to listen now. Girl. (laughs) to you and the birds that chirp outside of this car I don't like (laughs) there's nothing else and in that moment for in that time frame it wasn't very long but in that time frame it was just like first it was loathing like how did you get here how did you end up like this you have like you come from like you're you have like a two-parent household like you start saying all the things that supposedly qualify you from never experiencing hardship in life yeah you know you went to college and you had this job and you have this number in your phone 
I don't care who you are. Life will find a way to get you the information you need about yourself. That's what I've learned. Mm -hmm. And so in that time, it was, I was really mad at myself for ending up there. I was mad at myself for the people I invested money, time, energy, resources, relationships into. And I had to forgive myself. There's nothing wrong with the way you love. You're supposed to be there for people. Now, if they weren't there for you, that's That's on them. God will deal with them later, but you're okay. Don't change the way you love. Don't change the way you give. Don't change the way you share. Don't be shamed of this moment. Use it because people don't come out of this situation. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people don't come out of homeless. Like it's the fact that like I'm in my apartment with my puppy and with your marble iron table. I know that ain't cheap. (laughs) Hallelujah. Um, But I say that to say, and that's not a flex. That's just like, no, for me, God is real. Like I didn't do all this. This isn't all me. This is again, saying yes, showing up and allowing for your preparation to meet opportunities. So in that space, it was like, all right, what lesson am I supposed to get while I'm here? What am I supposed to understand? And I became very confident in myself in a way that I never was before. Even the willingness to be on this podcast and talk to you this way, the shamelessness of talking about, I slept in my car. Mm -hmm. I I sure did. Matter of fact, you mentioned, let's be clear. Mm -hmm. A couple of those episodes were during that time. During that time, really? I was recording a podcast from my car. I do recall you mentioning sleeping in your car during an episode. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'd love to hear a bit more about that. So I'm glad that you brought it up. Um, Do you think that that was your rock bottom? Was that kind of the catalyst to make you feel like not going to be here again? I pray it was my rock bottom. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it was because like I said, there was, I had, can I'm trying to tell other people's business because the stories are kind of interwoven, but the friend that I mentioned earlier who kind of, you know, life happened and another person that was in my life at the time, I was, helping them, giving to them, caring about them, Mm -hmm. um, not taking care of myself. There was a situation with a friend of mine who we needed to go to the hospital for something Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. an ambulance. And, uh, I took off three, four days of work just to be there for that person. It was those decisions. Yeah. And it was self-sacrificing. And then, like I said, when I got to the place where I needed some of that back, it wasn't given back. Yeah. So, that'll definitely make a person hard or rigid or less willing to be empathetic Mm -hmm. or to share or to give. But I realize that the adage is true. Like we talk about closed mouths don't get fed, closed hands don't get full. So even in that season, it was still giving something. And the podcast was for me, a form of giving something like I wasn't loathing in my car. If you look back at those old episodes, we were edifying people and talking about stuff and trying to help. And Mm -hmm. it wasn't in denial of my situation, but I wasn't going to allow for that situation to define me. Like I wasn't going to sit here and be so ashamed that I didn't create. I'm a creator. So even in this space, in this season, I'm going to create. Mm -hmm. That's who I am. I'm not a hard person. I'm a lover. So even in this season, I'm going to love people. Like it was conscious decision to see that again, if you don't bury your talents and you multiply them, there's blessing on the other side, burying who you are because of circumstances or situations or life experiences is the worst thing you can do because who you are is what's going to get you out of whatever situation you're in. So much empowerment in that statement. So much empowerment. That is, that is, 
Amazing. It was a lack of empathy was being hard or rigid or guarded something that you struggled with after, or you, you knew that you weren't going to allow yourself to be that way because of other people. Prior to that season, I was that way in general. Mm. I, it was like across the board, open season. After that, I got better at protecting myself and managing or having the balance between the two. Mm -hmm. That's what that season taught me was how to balance it. Mm -hmm. um, we are supposed to be empathetic and love people and give and all that kind of stuff. But you also, I keep referring to the Bible because I am a Christian, it's, it's but <laughs> I keep, thank you. Yeah. Um, but there's um, another verse that says, love others as you love yourself, Yes, as you love yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to kind of master and I have not mastered it, but I have learned that I have to show up full so that I can give, but I also have to monitor how much I'm giving so that I don't end up empty yeah. because I have to have something to give back to myself at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. So it's finding the balance. And that's what that time taught me. It it's not a perfect science. Like I said, at first it was, okay, wait, how did I, I'm this, I'm that, I have this, I'm I should be able to call this person and how come the, and the way it all happened. Okay. I'm gonna keep it a book. There was this job <laughs> offer that I got, right? $80,000 a year, mm. um, $30,000 expense account, which means altogether I would have been pulling, you know, six figures, all that good yeah. stuff in my twenties, no kids. I would have been great. Oof. That offer letter was rescinded. My lawyer called me and was like, Hey, uh, where are you at? And I was like, in my car. She was like, okay. Are you driving? I said, no. She said, okay. Um, you want to check your email? I said, okay. So I checked my email and I was supposed to start this job. I was supposed to have already started, but I was waiting to go into the office to sign the offer letter. Yeah. They rescinded the letter and comp it was the most beautiful rescind. They were like, Ty is amazing. She'll do any company. Great. It's just, she's not the proper fit for this company. And I took that so personally mm -hmm. because I was like, wait, I've never given anybody a crappy deal. I don't this, I don't, I'm hope. Wait, what? And so that was the situation. I needed that situation because that's a situation that thereafter was like, okay, I don't have a choice. Yeah. And so there was initially a moment of, well, God, how come that didn't work? Because if that would have worked, I would have been fine. Like I could have got yeah. you checks and verify. So there was that inner battle of screw people, screw this. If I can't call you, you can't call me. Mm -hmm. But that quickly shifted because it was hurting me more to be somebody else than it was punishing whoever I wasn't being good to. Yeah. I was acting outside of myself and that was uncomfortable. And so I was like, okay, then I need to figure out how to be me would be a better version of myself so that not only am I taking care of other people in the sense of being good to them in the sense of being how I'm designed to be, but I'm also taking care of myself because I was leaving that up to others. And that's never somebody else's job. If people want to do things for you and help yeah. you and take care of you, Absolutely. It's beautiful. God bless them. But it's ultimately your job to make sure you're good. Mm -hmm. So if you're not doing it, it's not fair to necessarily be too mad at other people because they're taking care of themselves the way they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and it's hard. Mm -hmm. It's such a, a huge struggle to get to that point, that realization when you are naturally a giver and you've, you've been raised, they, you know, raised in a Christian household as well. My, my grandmother, grandmother was a pastor. Um, mm -hmm. God loves a cheerful giver. That's constantly stuck in your head. And you're like, well, I got to give to everybody. I got to be happy about this. <laughs> you know, my time, my energy, my conversations, my love. My, yeah, everything. All, child, mm -hmm. connections, relationships. And it's, 
again, it's not a bad thing. I just had to manage yeah. it. And I yes. think that that's the, it's like being naturally a great singer. You still have to manage it. Mm-hmm. You, you still, still got to take care of your voice. Your, yeah. Exactly. So it's like we get things and we don't manage them. And then we're mad at the outcome of our lack of management for what we were given. Mm-hmm. And that's not that's not self-love, mm-hmm. because at the end of the day, it's your job. And I'm not saying that people can't love you and help you, but you have. I, OK, I'll make it me because I won't tell people what to do. I had to get to a place of fully understanding what was most comfortable for me. And what I mean by that is I'm actually, I like giving to people. I like speaking to people and sharing things. I like helping. I am born for that. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to change that because that actually does feed me. I'm good to me when I do that. Like it looks like it's more outward, but it's also inward. So then how can I do this and not put myself at a deficit? Yes. And the answer for me was constant check-ins. I am Tayana's best friend. Um, well, I say that because my, my full name is Tayana. You know that. My mm-hmm. full name is Tayana. So I do check-ins with her. I'll say, hey, uh, uh, Tayana, do you want to be here? Mm-hmm. Are you good right now? Because we'll take care of our best friends, but we won't take care of ourselves. Yes. So like, think about it. Like, mm-hmm. say you show up somewhere with your best friend, right? And somebody says something real, like disrespectful, real, mm-hmm. real slick to her, right? You're going to look at them like, Excuse me. Yeah. And she might be like, oh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. But you're mad because you love her so much Mm -hmm. and you want to protect her and you want to like, you want her to be spoken well of and you don't like that somebody's running their mouth about your friend. Okay. Then how come you don't do that for you? And so since everybody calls me Ty, Mm -hmm. I started calling me Tayana. There's another thing with psychology and it talks about how you hear your voice all the time. So you believe what you say more than any other voice. Yeah. What you say, you really believe and retain. So doing the, the check-ins, the self-check-ins of like, Tayana, you really don't want to be here. Or Tayana, you know this person's using you, right? You know that, right? Okay, so then how do you, what are you going to do? Because mm-hmm. you have to do something. Or Tayana, you're spending way too much money on Amazon during the pandemic. <laughs> Take the app off your phone. Take the app off your phone. You're going to be broke out of this pandemic. Calm down. Mm -hmm. So like from the serious stuff to like the chill stuff like Amazon, it's literally just self Mm check-ins and talking to me and being my biggest advocate and my best friend. And again, this is the stuff I've mastered. I'm not talking to you like there aren't still hiccups or chinks in the armor. I don't think anybody's perfect. So I don't, I don't expect to ever master it but I do expect to get better at it. So I'm continually and perpetually getting better at making sure that I'm good. But I had to be honest about first who I am, two, the ways in which I am a disservice to myself. And three, how do we fix that? So much self-awareness and self-awareness comes every day. Every, every, literally every day. No, no, no. Every day, all day, because I'll, okay. I'll say this. I'll say this at the because I work in music, I have a lot of opportunity to be around people who are constantly in their feelings and Mm -hmm. allowed to express those feelings because those feelings I would pay their bills. Yeah. So in my particular field or realm, I'm constantly dealing with what people feel, how they see themselves and same. I have to check how I feel and how I see myself or tap into this emotion for this. Or So with all of that said, my feelings are on the surface every day. Like I'm one of those girls. My heart is on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. My, what I feel is on my face. You're going to see it. It is what it is. 
<laughs> so with that, when you say you get the opportunity to be self-aware every day, I'm constantly checking in. Like I have to, and it's not a one-time thing. You don't do it in the morning with your affirmations and then go through the day. Driving, grocery store. Mm-hmm. Right now with you, I'm sitting here noticing that my, because the sun went down, it might be a little hot. Like the <laughs> lights are a little bright and I kind of want to adjust it, but it's fine. We good. So, <laughs> so it's constant self-awareness, but in a healthy way, mm-hmm. in a healthy way. Yeah. Not obsessive. Yeah, exactly. You're not ruminating. You're not fixating on something that you're not trying to solve. You're asking yourself like, okay, what situation am I in? Do I want to stay in this? Do I need to change? Do I need to get up and change my lighting? Do I turn on my air conditioning? You know, like what can I and shouldn't I do in this moment? How? Yes, air conditioning because this jacket is lined. Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, I got that on. I was like, I probably shouldn't, but it's really hot in the Philippines. It's summer right now. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I think it's really great that you have that awareness. And I think what you're sharing earlier about the the balance is really boundaries. Did you notice that you started to set boundaries with people? Oh, yes. And I'm still learning. Yeah. And um, the reason why is because, like I said, I feel good when I give. But it's, it's a fine line between feeling good and being depleted. And so it's constantly, for me, finding the balance. And I know a lot of this sounds like it's exhausting. It's not once you get into a rhythm of it. I'm now in a rhythm of it, so it's not exhausting. But just being cognitive of like, you know, if someone calls and they're like, oh, you know, okay. Oh, great example. Made a newer friend. And every, I notice that every time I get on the phone with this person, they ask me to do something. Every time. And it, correction, it's not even asking. It's like, I need you to this. Oh. Or I need you to that. Hey, I sent you something. Post it on your timeline. Mm. Hey, and I, I started to notice like. These sound like demands. These sound like orders. <laughs> How about. Please. We shift the regularity in which we talk. Like mm-hmm. you don't even have the access is shifted yeah. and not in a mean way. It's self-preserving yeah. and it's not avoiding him. It's none of that. It's just allowing for boundaries to be clear and set because again I'm a nice person so people try it yeah all the time yes yeah and no (laughs) no I've gotten better yeah you're not gonna try it (laughs) I love it that's a lot of internal and even external growth for you um to be able to do that have you noticed any other internal or external growth when it came to starting your self-love journey Hmm. yeah um physically Mm mm-hmm I realized that, um, so I was a tomboy Mm -hmm. when I was, oh God, elementary school until like freshman year of high school. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was because I didn't feel pretty. I didn't feel like I should look like the girls. Like I was trying to compete for the same guys that they were going after. I didn't feel chosen. Also being a darker skinned black woman, there's a lot of stuff and stigmas to deal with with that. So I realized as an adult, that there were certain decisions I would make or certain ways I was shrinking that were normal to me, but weren't conducive to me really being awesome. Mm -hmm. Like we talk about being visible. We talk about having to get up on a stage in front of a room full of people and say stuff. If you don't think you're pretty or you're constantly like over nitpicking at yourself or lacking the confidence to do so, again, you won't even be in position to say yes. Mm -hmm. And I had to do a lot of understanding for and forgiving 
mm-hmm. for, you know, mean things that might have been said, boyfriends who've done you wrong, situations mm-hmm. where you didn't feel pretty, give people, you know, forgiveness that never asked for it, closure, giving that to yourself, even mm-hmm. though, you know, people are still living or you might even have a conversation with them, but just giving yourself the closure in the situation so you can move on from it. So you're free from it. So you don't carry it again, the heavy table, right? Yeah. So um, physically, I've had to learn how to believe I'm beautiful, even when categorically, it's not necessarily a beautiful moment, like, you know, the ashy moments and then (laughs) the ashy moments and then not to be too much. I got adult chicken pox. You got adult chicken pox? A lot of people don't know this. I was uh, at 28. I got adult chicken pox. That was not that long for us. My face was a mess. Like that's where it was the worst. I have pictures. It's the, and thankfully God is great because like, you know, we, we got it corrected and it's all good, but that was even like hard because how do you show up or how do you feel pretty or how do you not wear makeup around people? Or how do you have the confidence to just run to the grocery store without doing a full beat? (laughs) Girl, listen, the full beat. I mean, like the conceit and I've never been the person to do like, not, not knocking it, but I've never been the person that does like, you know, like the, like the full concealer and the contouring. I've never done that because I want to like the shape of my face. That's me personally. Yeah. But I say that to say, just the self-love thing is not ever one aspect because there's so many parts of us. You have to love your own intellect. You have to love your own, you know, your own emotion, um, your emotional life. You have to love your own physical. So there's so many components to it. And I'm just learning day by day to recognize the places where I'm cheating myself, where I'm not giving myself the opportunity to say yes to something or be great in an area Mm -hmm. because I'm assuming I'm not good enough. Yeah. So like, oh, okay. You want to see a guy go on a date without makeup. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why not? Like, why does he have to get the full beat early? No, give him the real face early. And if he gets, if he likes it, this is the worst Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You don't have to worry about it at all. Mm -hmm. Girl, it only goes up from here. So I'm going on a date with no makeup. You like it? (laughs) you like it okay then good look then we're good yeah worry about it take the lashes off like all that kind of stuff so um I'm just learning that this is a like I said it's a daily journey and constantly doing the check-ins to see again if I'm cheating myself if I'm burying a talent if I'm not showing up to something because of stupid stuff Mm -hmm. and working through it when did you notice more of a tomboy mainly because you didn't feel beautiful and when was that shift to because you I mean tie so fly like you hey yeah your your hair your makeup your style everything is on point how did how (laughs) where was the shift like was it something that you said you know what I need to start taking care of me and my appearance a bit more um that's what I want to do and I was stopping myself from doing that um I had a really pretty older sister and my sister always had boyfriends for whatever reason. I never really did. And it made me feel uncute, even though we're like seven years apart. So like the comparison is like weird, but I would just notice things or like friends around me who would be chosen for stuff. And again, like I said, um, there are things and stuff that I experienced because of the amount of melanin that I have that Mm -hmm. are different than other young black girls. And then in Oklahoma, I was in predominantly Caucasian schools. So I just kind of felt like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. And in those spaces, I started to figure out how I wanted to look. If I'm honest, uh, eighth grade, there was this dude that was cute. 
and he kind of had liked me a little bit. So by the time we got to freshman year, I was like, okay, I want to show up cute. For, you know, I let my sister pick my outfit because, you know, she was the girly girl. Mm-hmm. And so for me, the shift happened when he started liking me. Yeah. Um, there was finally somebody who kind of saw me as pretty. And I think I needed to see myself through his eyes. Mm-hmm. And that gave me a different perspective because I wasn't, I was younger. And especially when you're a teenager, you don't know how to do all of this kind of self-work for the most part. Yeah. It's not necessarily something that's taught, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was if it was. It. Yeah. If it was. Can we make that a course? Can, like, please? I haven't done algebra since. Yeah. <laughs> Do we like, really need home and woodwork no. and all that? Come on. Trigonometry is dumb. I'm not building houses. I don't need it. Sorry. Ain't nobody gonna like that comment, mm. but keep it. <laughs> um, but I say that to say, like, I wasn't taught these things and I needed to see myself through his eyes to believe that, oh, okay, well, maybe if I do my hair like this. And so every hairstyle you've ever seen me with, Margot, for the most part, I've done. I learned how to do my hair. I do my makeup. Um, even these twists right now, I did these. It's gorgeous. Um, Thank you. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I guess, like you said, the shift, the shift came when somebody told me I was cute. Mm-hmm. Like when somebody told me I was pretty, that wasn't my mom or mm-hmm. oh, you yeah. know, a blood relative. Cause then yeah. you don't believe it. Like, of course I'm cute to you. I, you see my, your face in my face. <laughs> it's, it's invalidating at all. Of course I'm cute to you. You got to say that, <laughs> but he didn't. So yeah. when he said it, it was like, oh. wait, what? Say that again. Okay, well, maybe there is something here. And then that gave me the motivation to start working on me to where I started to see it. And I started to believe it. And I started to walk like it. So then it was easier to show up in a way that communicated that I thought I agreed with him, that I thought I was pretty. Mm -hmm. My whole self-esteem wasn't wrapped up in him, but it is necessary to hear people say good stuff about you so you can believe it. To plant the seed. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I'm so glad that, Bless his heart. I don't know where he's at right now or, you know, but thank you, Mr. Man. Um, thank you, Mr. Man. I won't <laughs> say your name, but thank you, Mr. Johnson. I said his last name, Mr. Johnson. Mr. Johnson. Okay, you. there you go. Do you have any daily self-love routines or must-dos? I know that you have your your self-talk where you're like, Tiana, like, what are we doing? How are you feeling? Do you want to get out of this? Is there anything else that you add daily? <laughs> um daily okay now this is where the creative enemy happens routine is weird for me it's a weird word yeah um I don't I'm not necessarily the person who's like okay you know I wake up at 7 7 15 I'm having my smoothie uh 7 30 I am doing my affirmations by 8 15 I'm out for a jog like I'm not that person yeah so if I do do something daily it's not scheduled but I do talk to God all day every day um in doing so I'm reminded that I'm not alone which is self-love because even with the pandemic that just happened, it's a lot of life can be isolating as adults, even people in relationships and with kids, like you need to be reminded that you're not in this by yourself. Mm -hmm. And for me, my connection to God is huge. And it really does allow for me to feel as beautiful as possible. Like the, the, the verse that talks about being made in God's image. Mm. So then why would I call myself ugly? Yeah. And who gets to call me ugly? Mm -mm, Nobody. Uh, Hello. Okay. You. Thank Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) So like, that's something that I do every day. I pray every day. Um, Another thing that I do every day for self-love, I make sure now this is newer that I keep my skin routine on, on, on top notch. I have to. Mm -hmm. And that makes me feel good. 
washing my face and then like the little products and stuff like because there's something in that that makes me feel like I'm taking care of myself my vitamins I take every day I will take like a shot of like pomegranate juice I have the goalie vitamins what's up I don't know if I can say that on your podcast but what's up um sponsor me I take my hair vitamins like the little things that I do that I'm like I'm doing positive things and this is just for my body You know, eating right, being conscious of like, okay, I'm not the most workout girl. Again, Mm -hmm. thank God for metabolism. Yeah, I was just going to say you, okay, I'm a bit jealous because I've seen your birthday photos from this year and I'm like, dang, Ty's really just... Whew, Listen, keeping it tight I everywhere take, and I'm like mm. God bless you I take no credit for it it ain't me <laughs> Listen, it is genetics or just Jesus I don't know I wish I had a like a regimen like that I may need one one day like after I have babies but mm-mm. the main things I do I do make sure that I eat medicinally mm-hmm. I think that food is medicine mm-hmm. so I'm conscious of stuff like that like mm-hmm. I break out if I eat beef so I know I'm not being good to myself if I do that mm-hmm. but burgers are bombs oh, it's hard but yeah, just little things, my face routine, praying and the, like my intake, making yeah. sure, oh, that one, that intake. my intake mm-hmm. from what I watch to yeah. what I listen to, not just food wise, but like I watch sermons and things like, and that's self-care for me because it's, it's edifying and it's esteeming. I retain entertainment. Mm-hmm. So like if I watch something scary. It's in your head all day. <laughs> It's oh, no. stuck with, it's, it's going <laughs> to sit with me. Like, I'm not watching. I'm not even going to sleep alone. Like, if you make me watch a scary movie, prepare to have a sleepover, and I'm sleeping <laughs> on you. Like, let's not play these games, and I don't care what you say. So judge me if you will. So it's also my intake. Like, what am I reading? What am I watching? What songs mm. am I listening to? I have a happy dance playlist on Beats. Mm, love it, yes. I said Beats on Apple Music. Apple. Used to be beats. <laughs> Dang. I just dated myself. Okay. <laughs> I have a couple though, but I have a happy, um, a happy dance one. Cause sometimes you'll catch yourself in a funk and there are certain songs that no matter when you hear them, you just going to smile a little bit. Yeah. So all those things for me are self-care. Yeah. What's one of your favorite songs on that playlist? <laughs> uh, which one can I say? Okay. Um, EU. It's a song called doing the butt. <laughs> and and uh, it's a song called Doing the Butt by EU. EU is a really old band um, from Washington, D.C. They make go-go music, um, which is a particular taste, but this song is pretty um, popular. But what it's called Doing called? the Butt. Um, ain't nothing wrong if you want to do the butt all night long. Hey, okay. Yay, yay. So that's one. Poison is on that list by Belle Biff DeVoe. Of um oh gosh there's so many like very old school because those songs have a certain bpm that makes you dance yeah like a lot of songs now aren't for up-tempo dancing as much like so a lot of the songs on that happy dance list are the songs that you can just run around the house and lose your mind movement yes exactly we need to move we need to move and dance and feel it yes a lot of teddy riley produced stuff Mm. a lot of like new jack swings like do you remember the time michael jackson come on how you sad yeah exactly for sure you're not sad listening to michael (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's not so yes those songs i love it okay um and so what is your biggest motivation to continue on your self-love journey? That I like the way I feel. Whew. I am at my best when I take care of me, my personal best. Yeah. I emotionally eat sometimes. So mm-hmm. that's a trigger for me. Like, oh, okay, this is self-sabotaging. Yeah, I should probably make a change right now. 
Gonna you're emotional about this, change. so you're oh. <laughs> for what's in, in my life. <laughs> it's gonna feel real good. <laughs> so you know, it's it's that moment of like you feel better when you do what you're supposed to do. Yeah. We all do. So for me, it's like, okay, again, those conscious self-aware moments, but how do you feel right now? You just ate two quarter pound cheeseburgers <laughs> and a large fry and a shake and also had like mochi ice cream or something like behind it. Yeah. Don't you feel heavy? Don't mm. you feel kind of uncomfortable? Your stomach hurt a little bit? Why'd you do that to yourself? Versus how you feel when you eat, me personally, if I have like salmon and I have like this brown rice stuff and like you know like lemon butter so like you can still eat good food but that makes you feel better so my self-care stuff is like lighter Mm -hmm. so you can move right yeah yeah (laughs) so no but seriously so for me it's like it's just paying attention to how I feel and not being numb to how I feel or intentionally unaware Um, of how I feel. I think a lot of times we we're not taught that feelings are good, yeah. especially as women. Like, yeah. oh, she's too emotional. Oh, she's in her feelings. She's sensitive. You, you know, yeah. Is it that time of the month? Like, oh. are you mad? And it's like, no, my emotions are actually a superpower. Mm-hmm. And I am going to allow for myself to, again, manage them. But they're here because they're signals. If I feel when I get around you, Margot, if I felt terrible or bad or I left your presence and I felt heavier, I need to pay attention to that because that feeling is communicating to me something's wrong with this relationship or this experience, right? So being numb to that is not self-care because at the end of the day, I'm putting myself in a position to feel bad. Why? So I say that to say, it's just paying attention to how I feel and the motivation to continue to take care of myself, to continue my self-love journey, to get better at it to find new ways to love me daily is because I like how I feel when I take care of me Oof. and I want to stay feeling good. So yeah. I'm going to keep taking care of me. I'm so glad that I reached out to you. I mean, I knew I would just because again, every time I see you on Instagram, every time I, I hear your voice, listen to a podcast, whatever it is, I just feel so much more uplifted. You know, your confidence is, um, infectious mm-hmm. and your energy and your spirit is is really infectious so thank you for being you and before I end I want to ask um what are three things you're grateful for and why okay I'm gonna answer that but back at you I think you need to know that you are literally a light bulb and I say that because it's not fake and this isn't like oh well let me say something nice back to her because of what she just said to me Margo you've always been sweet and loving and you light up a space and you're helpful and you're considerate and you're smart and you're funny and you're pretty and you're knowledgeable and you're helpful and these are all things I'm serious since like I've known you since we were teens so please continue to be who you are and I was really excited that you did because whatever you're a part of I would love to help if I can in any way so thank you for reaching out to me. Okay. Now three things. And likewise, likewise, reciprocity here. Okay. (laughs) You feel me? You feel me? Uh, Wait. So you said three things I'm grateful for. Yes. Okay. Three things I am grateful for. And why? This is so long. Mm -hmm. The first thing I will say, I am grateful for Jeez Louise, this question is harder than I thought. And being on the interviewee side is such an experience. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Okay. Have a little bit more grace for people you're interviewing. Um, I am grateful for my relationship with God. It's centering. 
it's really the driving force behind my confidence. A lot of times I don't feel like I can do stuff or I am good enough or I can show up and do it, but I'm constantly reminded of the fact that I'm great and he loves me. And even if I go through something that sucks, I'm still good and I can still come out of it. I've come out of stuff. So why would I ever not show up or not try? God takes care of me in every season. Every season of my life I've been taken care of. Even the ones that aesthetically or outwardly looked like, oh, well, like you said, rock bottom, right? Right. I didn't lose weight. I was never hungry. I was never hurt. Like I was so taken care of in that season that for me, it's just like, I know where that comes from. I know why that is. So that is the biggest thing for me is my relationship with God. That's one. The second thing I am grateful for um, is trying to be all uh, uh, deep and connected. Trying to be all deep. I'm thankful for uh, <laughs> the, 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 no, I'm kidding. I'm thankful for, I'm going to say something simple. Somewhere along the way, I got comfortable in my own skin enough to like do what I want to do. Yeah. And that's huge because everybody doesn't feel motivated or supported in doing what they want to do. And I'll be honest with you, my parent, I don't come from nepotism. I don't have family that's like in entertainment. They don't even understand what I've done. I've mm-hmm. like, I got an award one time and my parents weren't present, not because they didn't care. They it just, you know, they didn't really know the gravity of it, how big it may yeah. have been. Yeah. So it's like without all the outward support sometimes, just having that center of knowing this is what I love and this is what I'm going after. I'm really grateful to have that um, because I know everybody doesn't have it. And I want to speak to anybody who doesn't have it. You don't need everybody's support. You don't need everybody's yes. You don't need everybody to back you up. You have to be your biggest cheerleader. And if you are, and if you really learn how to like self-love yourself, you'll position yourself to have the most incredible experiences ever. And I'm a witness to that. So um, like I said, my parents know who like Jay-Z and Beyonce are and that's the end of the line. So <laughs> everything else. I was like, mom, you know, we signed this person. Okay. <laughs> Did they, they work with Jay-Z? <laughs> was Beyonce there? No. <laughs> All right. That's fine. So there's that. I'm, I'm really thankful for my personal drive. And then the last thing I'm thankful for is having people in my life. And I know it's going to sound corny, but like you. And the reason why I say that is because as much as number two is important, number three is also important. So there's the self-drive. And then there's like random people who just will be like, Ty, you look cute. Mm. Ty, you pretty. Or Ty, you know what I'm saying? Okay, because of you are. That kind of stuff is so motivating. It's uplifting. It's edifying. It encourages you to keep going. And it's even the smallest of compliments, right? Like it doesn't even have to be something big and grand. It could just be like, okay, hair. I see you. <laughs> Okay. Like, okay. Highlighter. Girl, I think you put that like you were going to make your hair pink. And now I'm looking at you in like this dark, long, brute, it's beautiful on mm-hmm. you. And then you've had bobs before, like yeah. little stuff at the end of the day, just throw a compliment to somebody and watch it come back to you. Because again, it's cyclical. You speak yeah. something, it comes back. So throw a compliment out there, but I'm thankful for people who do that. The random people who will either like a picture, leave a nice comment, send a DM and say, okay, girl, I'll see you. Yeah. I'm thankful for that. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Thank you. Well, I'm <laughs> thankful for you and thank you thank again you, for um, being part of this podcast. Again, it's all about self-love and you exhibit it so much in just who thank you, you are. So and your soul. And I, I appreciate that about you ever since, ever since, you know, Hayward days, I, I gravitated and I saw that 
at such a young age. So I'm not surprised to see the woman you are now. And I'm so, so excited to, to see the woman you're growing to be. Um, because if your dream was to be Oprah, man, Ty McCary talk show host, uh, daytime, all that. I, I see it happening. I will be your number one fan. If at any time, yeah, if any time you need to be like, Margo, what are you thinking? Should I be out of this? (laughs) You could do some (laughs) self-talk talking to me too. I will be your cheerleader and, um, be right there front row. Of course. Thank you so much. I really, again, appreciate you. And it's so exciting to have someone. I think, um, one thing I've learned a long time ago is you are the, you are who, what you consume. And that's not even just entertainment, but it's the people that you keep around you. And I learned a while that I should probably um, set boundaries with certain people and distance myself from certain people. And I'm just so grateful that um, someone from my teen years is someone that I continue wanting to stay connected to no matter where in the world I am or you are. So thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. I have to, um, we were talking about before, um, I was talking about coming there. I think you remember that a long time ago. I have yeah. to actually do it because I miss your face and I want to hug you. Um, so <laughs> please do, please do. Yes. So I, I, no, I just, I appreciate this. I appreciate even your, and I know this is about to be a love fest, but even your <laughs> conviction to have a podcast about self-love. Yeah. That's a necessary topic. Yeah. It absolutely is. And like I said before, you're not really taught it. You pick up little things along the way, but having something like this where people can talk about this and just share, it's dope. It's dope. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It was really something that I felt like everyone needed because I became a relationship coach this past year or so year plus. And I started to notice a lot of my clients didn't really know what self-love was. You know, they'd be like, I feel like I need to love myself a bit more, but I don't even know what that is. Like I don't. So it was a common theme. And so I thought, okay, yeah, definitely. I I imagine a lot of people aren't aware of what self-love is and it's a journey just because we talk about it right now doesn't mean that we're not going to continue working on it tomorrow and the next day. So thank you. It's literally the idea of no one's perfect. Life is a journey. So that means everything else is too. Just keep walking. Yeah. So thank you for sharing your story with us. And before we end this episode, can you share with us maybe like, what are your plans? Like you mentioned a pilot that you have been working on. Where can people find out more about it in you? I am in the process of figuring out where it's going to go. I shot it in COVID because I had time. Yeah. Um, Even that was self-love because what? Um, I actually acted in it. So I, I stepped out on a lot of faith. (laughs) <laughs> making this thing yeah. and I'm really I love it I love the idea of it it's a lot it's really pretty much my story okay it's and there's a, layers to it huh it's a, like kind of a biographical film sort of okay. yes um because there it's a sitcom but it it's based Ooh. on real experiences from my actual life um so stop I'm so excited about this so um, we're in the process of figuring that out. I can't say much yet, but Jesus, uh, prayfully, everything goes well and it happens. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about that more when I can. Yeah. Um, outside of that, there's, um, there's just logs on the fire that I can't fully talk about yet coming out of COVID because everything's shifting. But very soon, um, the podcast, one of the podcasts will be back. We're working on Let's Be Clear, bringing that back oh, great. in a larger capacity. 
I can't say stuff yet, but I will say this. Um, I will continue to update the gram for sure. I'm never on Facebook except for to post things for my parents Mm -hmm. and aunties. Um, (laughs) No one gets on Facebook, Um, but I will continue to update stuff and I'll let you know when I can talk about stuff, but pray about the pilot because we're, we're going so definitely going to pray about that. And I'm so excited now that you say that it's a sitcom about you. um, I just get like Martin vibes, but not necessarily Martin vibes because I know you. No, no, it's funny and it's accurate. And it's it. Well, for me, it's testimonial because it's like even the car part. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much to to share. There's so much. There's so many layers to it. So I'm really excited about it. Um, but I can't talk as much about it as I want to, but we're in the process. So God says the same. Yeah. Pray, so, pray, pray. Absolutely. And you guys could follow her at Ty McCary. That's T-Y-M-C-K-E-R-Y over on Instagram to stay updated with everything. Thank you again so much, Ty. And to all our listeners, thank you, <laughs> thank you for spending some of your day, some of your time to listen to Ty's story. I hope that you were um, inspired, motivated, and um, encouraged to continue with your own self-love journey. Uh, we post, I try to make it every week. I always say this at the end of every episode, but I need to show myself some self-love too and give myself some time. So maybe, maybe bi-monthly. I think that's where we're, we're taking it right now. <laughs> come on, Grace. Come yes. on, Grace. Come on, self-compassion. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Check in every now and then. This is our self-love stories and sending you all love and light.